This is Steven, and you're listening to I Came Here for an Argument. So let's take about five minutes and go over what happened this week in the group, since we haven't done that in a little while. Let's do it. This one's about Kanye. Oh, yeah. What Did we get any feedback? A little bit, but th- this is by Kanye fan. Daytona. Yay. Kid See Ghosts. Nasser. Scorpion. Summer of 2018. Drake got bodied. What? What? W-U-T? Did Drake just get bodied? What does that mean? He just meant like... Drake, you just got fucking one-upped by basically one artist. Uh, he's probably anti-Drake if I had to. I don't know Drake. You know, uh... I'm not friends with Drake. I'm not either. I don't personally know Drake. Uh, I'm not friends with Kanye either. Me neither. Uh, here's one. Tagged with John, and it says, Remember, Satan was the first to demand equal rights. Oh, that church sign? Yeah. Yeah, the church marquees in, in Alabama, man. They really run the gambit. Um, here's one. These Democrats have started to use Trump rhetoric and don't even realize it. Lying Ted, Little Marco, and Low IQ Maxine are now Permit Patty and Burrito Bob and whoever else they may have nicknames for. We go low and y'all go low. (laughs) He's basically saying that we're hypocrites because we've made names for... You know, because Trump called Kim Jong Rocket Man. So now... When, and crooked Hillary, etc., etc., etc. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's just branding. That's just smart branding. Yeah. He just upped the game as far as like stupid. A dumb nickname is like the easiest thing you can go to to yeah. make some, to reduce someone's credibility. Right. Yeah. I mean, I understand his argument, and you know what? He might even be right. I'll give him that. I have. I'm not going to think about it too hard tonight. <laughs> Same, and I never do. At least we're smart enough to use alliteration, like permit patty. That's way more. Way more creative than freaking Crooked Hillary. Like, sorry. It is. Uh, it's just true. And Shillery? That's the, all right. That's all right. That's what about? I don't like Shillery though because I just those people say cuck and I just despise yeah, that. Yeah, like y'all just y'all say cuck. Well, to be honest, <laughs> yeah, if your on. political argument is is a is a pun on someone's name, then you're not doing very well no. either way. But you're right. Um, so Johnny Marr is better than Morrissey. I'll take that. Wow. Uh, okay, uh, here's some, a comparison by John Smith. 1,900 children separated from their parents at border. Result, media frenzy. 89,000 children separated from parents at border. Result, silence. This exposes the huge double standard and media bias against Trump. I don't know those numbers, but I don't believe the meme on that. I don't either, because he never sources anything he's ever done. But I, Obama killed a lot of people with drones, and that wasn't a widely, and I'm not getting into the weeds at all on this, but as much as the legacy of the little Bush is looked at as being fallacy-laden war in the Middle East, Obama was very charismatic. But he did a lot of the same awful things that are required of you being president. Right. Well, the difference from what I got and what I've read about, we'll say policy, is that so apparently in 97, Jeanette Reno, she tried to implement a policy where it was catch and separate. Yeah. And uh, 
Which that's perverse to begin with. Right. But anyway. So yeah. People aren't fish. People were like kind of a little bit about it, but it faded away. Obviously, it, it went it, right. it went away, and that's the critical difference because there there wasn't right. all this rhetoric surrounding it. Right. That's that's why it's not completely irrational to trace like this taken to its extreme could very well be like ethnic cleansing of right. Latin people from North America. Like taken to its furthest extreme, you could gather that kind of awful conclusion from the rhetoric surrounding right. those policies. The obvious differences from. From what we know just by reading, and this is basic news to me because I feel like in this argument group, it's, it's highly debated that uh, Obama didn't really care for the Hispanic community either. But the difference for, from what I, I read was that Obama did indeed detain people, but he never separated them from their family. But he also reported it as a humanitarian crisis. He also made the catch and release policy, and he also made DACA. So that's the difference between, to me, as, as, as far as how it's been handled. But he didn't mean, like, I want to separate some fucking families here. Right. He just meant, like, we're going to get you, and then we're going to figure out that who you are, and we're just going to put you back to the country, and you're not going to be detained right, for a long time. At this point, I think that this is kind of one of those things where, for a lot of people, it's the first time they're hearing about it, so... And I know this kind of sounds very simplistic, what I'm about to say. And and whether, you know, this has been going on since the Clinton administration or not, you know, we don't know. And that could very well be a failure on, you know, the national media's part. I can't really say whether it is or not because I just don't know. But at this point, you know, we really shouldn't be focusing on whether it's the Democrats' fault or the Republicans' fault. Like, right. we can sort that out after we get the kids out of the goddamn cages. I have right. been saying this over and over. Just get the kids out of the cages. What I was kind of getting at, though, is that just because that was maybe uh, implemented or that was a thing in 97, obviously it didn't work or else we would have never claimed a humanitarian crisis and when i hear those reporters yelling at sarah sanders that's what i visualize is that's where they're coming from they're just saying like it's already been lived right that was 20 years ago what are you doing giving us like why are we doing it again because we're we yelled at it then we're yelling at it now and all of a sudden you can do this executive order uh, i don't know it's hmm. a we're, we're getting the deep territory folks but anyways uh dylan has a sarcastic post oh good it's finally an end to the gun rights abortion debate also what do y'all think about itchville on twitter it's oh great. good responses on the Twitter response, it said, finally a solution, sarcastically. If fetuses care so much about staying alive, why don't they just get guns? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, arm the but fetuses. But that, that was actually from teachers. our own Itchfa Twitter, so yeah. I'm very proud. Follow us on Twitter under Itchfa. So I say Ikfa, but everyone decided that it's Itchfa. But it's I came here for an argument. Now, I, I keep bringing this up on the show, but I, I think this is a, a regional thing. Um, if we abbreviated it I-C-H-F-A-A, what would you say? Itchfa. Yeah, okay. Uh, we're going to get in our interview after this. We're going to take you to some music, and our friend in journalism joins us for a bunch of questions about journalism and the world. We're drunker now than we will be in 30 seconds to you, and then you can hear us in real time catch up well, to our Well, if you'll do the math, we trust you. Yeah, we're about three beers in each, so...
I was always kind of the gossipy kid in high school and middle school, and I was a good writer, and it just made sense. And then I actually got my hands in and started doing it, and I fell in love with it. There's nothing in the world that I could picture myself doing. Okay. Hmm. That's a pretty good answer. Other than journalism. Yeah. There you go. Why do you feel compelled? Why does that fulfill you? It's important. I, I think a lot of people, especially in this day and age, don't necessarily appreciate just kind of the work that goes into the media. It's it's important to know what goes on around you when you see the good stuff and the bad stuff. Everyone wants to know when a neighborhood when a neighborhood market or a new business opens up in their area. And, you know, when you see a five car pileup on the side of the interstate right 10 miles from your house, you're going to want to know what happened. Like this, Right. It's pretty fundamental. Basically, yeah. it's just one of those things that when you live, especially in a, in a more localized area, like the Birmingham metro area, gossip spreads quickly and you're not always going to get the truth from just gossip. It's like that game of telephone. Somebody says something, somebody says something else slightly different. Somebody takes that and they just go with it. It's important that we have this concrete, factual resource that we can go to and say, okay, this is what happened on this date. This is how it affects us. And like a methodology to follow with a kind exactly. of the science of gossip, mm-hmm. of gossiping well, I guess. It really just doesn't count as gossip at that point. I mean, I guess I do gossip. I just use facts to back up. It's a very sophisticated well, form yeah, of, he, of village exactly. buzz. The gossip serves a pretty substantial social function because if if og hits you in the head with the rock while you're out hunting then you're going to tell everyone that og's an asshole and not to trust him because he's going to just hit you in the head with the rock when you're trying to get something done and then once everybody knows that then they can all that's for the better of all the people that know that then i guess but you know if you go around telling everybody og's an asshole and it gets around before og can get his side of the story out defeated it might not necessarily be factual that's where journalists come in so we can be like okay og what happened okay what's the other guy's name oh i don't uh uh, what what was chad chad and og chad and og these are guys in like north carolina this isn't like cavemen you know it's It's not in alabama chad and og is og like a contender for some weird political office in alabama (laughs) og handon your attorney general (laughs) yeah uh yeah yeah, no, that's that's exactly why we wanted to talk to you about this stuff. Welcome to I Came Here for an Argument, the, your resource for... Hopefully uh, subjects that are arguable. We haven't had one really yet. Daily. I guess maybe not recorded, but we do have diff- a different variety of listeners that probably disagree with a lot of the stuff that we say, but hey, yeah, that's why they listened, because they came. That's, came. Why, you're, that's why you're here. Uh, so before we get before we get into uh hey ben i think we can hear you (laughs) it's okay i'll 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 take us to our fake sponsor in a second then we can just do you want to use your first name do you want to use an alias how do you want to do this we don't want to just call you the journalist unless you're into that we're here with the journalist that's a good question i don't want to use my first name because we can call you k or amy or Jizanopus. How about Amy? That sounds Amy. It's okay. a winner. Ano- anonymous, anonymous Amy. Yeah. Jur- journalism Jane. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. With with all respect, <clears throat> no um, one knows about journalism Jane. Yeah. Reporter <laughs> Rebecca. Wrong. Yeah. Re- <laughs> reporter Re- Rebecca. Roberta. 
Reporto? Roberta the Reporter. (laughs) Anyhow, thank you for joining us. Our sponsor this week is datadaddy.da. Now, there's been a change. Uh, The the servers of datadaddy, we had a a slight breach on our firewall, so to speak. David, I, you know, we haven't, Dylan's not here this week and that's, he's off cleaning up that mess. You know, Dylan isn't here. I didn't know we were going to be talking about him, but yeah, he's not here. (laughs) He, uh, had some unfortunate events happen today. Actually, he found out when he woke up today that the data daddy servers had been, somebody literally like swiped his data. data. Yeah, this is literally what happened. I know. (laughs) And it's for reasons like that. You need a dad. Yeah. So if Dylan had had a data daddy, he has proven our point for us. So, so in the midst of this of this scoundrelous scandal, we have moved our our servers to Germany, and I was informed that the the new under under that change being on a Deutsch server, the new URL for our analytics firm that keeps your data safe is www.datadaddy.da. So. And- we hope that you don't catch us selling your data anymore. So I hope you don't catch us doing that. That'd be really bad for all of us. Yeah. If such a, we're sorry we did that, what, but we, we didn't do it. We can't throw one scandal after another. But if you want your data safe, get your daddies to keep it safe at dadadaddy.da. You put it in a safe, you lock it, and you just need a dad to take care of that safe. That's all we're saying. Yes. That was like kind of my point. Thank you, dadadaddy. <laughs> we appreciate you, Dad. Daddy. Anyway, it gives, we don't make money off of it, but we get a lot of personal enjoyment from from it. So that's good. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Welcome back. We're here at ICFA. Thank you for being here during our tribute to our sponsor. They take care of us, and hopefully, they can take care of you as well. That's the mission. But yes. Yeah. Go on. So we're here with. Uh, I reached out to a former, uh, not a former friend, but a former town mate of mine who works in journalism. We are calling her Amy or Roberta. Well, there's journalism Jane. Our our journalism Jane, in quotations, Amy. Welcome to the show. That's why we wanted to talk to you about political correctness in journalism. We've been exploring it over the past couple episodes, and we sat down to do it, and we couldn't get our heads around. Mm -hmm. It all depends on who's talking about it. Right. So however it's defined and however you encounter it, that's got to be a problem in getting the direct story of people's accounts of things. The, the thing about journalism is removing bias, as much bias as you can, if that's possible, to approaching the actual information so people can make their own judgment off of things. As a local reporter, um, just to provide some background on my news outlet, it's a more localized outlet. And because we're in the middle of Alabama, it's uh, in some very conservative leaning areas. And just from my observations, a lot of conservative people just sort of resent the idea of political correctness in general. So as far as me trying to be politically correct, if people detect it, they really just don't give a shit. I honestly, I don't think anybody cares. I did get an angry email one time from a guy all the way in Florida because I used the word stigma when referring to mental illness one time. I didn't really decode what he was trying to say. Did he think you were implying something with that or was he trying to say like you're trying to give a mental illness a certain stigma? What he was trying to say was that because I said that there was a stigma against mental illnesses that 
that made it more like real and justifiable to have that stigma. That's kind of what I got from it. I don't agree. There are stigmas against mental illness. People have preconceived negative notions about that. And I don't agree. Like, I don't think that those are fair, but, or right. Right. That's what stigma means. That's what stigma means. Like, just because you don't talk about it doesn't mean that it won't go away. Right. That's kind of what we mean is that however that guy might have been thinking about it, and I didn't read it, there there was all this other stuff implied or he thought was implied in what you said and it's a misrepresentation of the truth that gets you way off of what the actual discussion might be it was very very strange because it actually happened at the beginning of my career and i just expected that i would get this all of the time but i haven't had anything like that happen ever again right so that was pretty much the extent of how i've been negatively affected by that idea now granted i don't let this show in my work but on a personal level i do lean pretty left and i think i see a lot of people who kind of resent the idea of political correctness when they see reporters who represent controversial issues kind of in an unbiased manner they view that as sort of left-leaning taking a side in itself taking a side in itself okay so we're we're not coming at this from a vantage point on political correctness as a thing it's it's a weird complex idea that completely depends on who you talk to about it if you can have a clear discourse about what your values are with members of the left and the right as a way of communicating with other people get both of those sides going at it the goal of that i guess is to measure out what is flexible and also rigid enough and constructive enough to keep a thing moving forward because we need conservative people to Mm -hmm. keep the ship running just the way that it is and keep everything rigid but you can't go too far with that because then you get authoritarian and rigid Mm -hmm. and you need liberal thinkers or liberal leaning people to, to to innovate those things and break the barriers and not worry so much about the borders on things. So if you can get a discourse running back and forth between both of them in a clean way where everyone is trying to be honest about it, you can emerge with a better working system of where you are. But since political correctness has become such a politicized issue in itself, it depends on who you ask about it that determines what they think about how other people think. A conservative person with an axe to grind could go after someone for being a politically correct reporter and going too far on that because they don't like what they think that message implies. Like the medium is the message and they disagree with both of them. But I've seen the same thing exhibited by really left-leaning people who say, if you say this idea that I disagree with, then you're automatically part of the problem by maintaining that idea. Like you can't even talk about Auschwitz because that was a terrible thing and we can't acknowledge that, or slavery. Like we don't need to talk about slavery at all because you can't have an opinion on slavery because you're white or whatever. And neither of those strategies get you to a discourse. And that's the point of having a way to do journalism, having a way to get an idea across so other people can evaluate it, but they have to evaluate it Mm -hmm. once it gets to them. The most important thing about journalism, just point blank, is the truth. Personally, as far as politically correct, I t- like I use terms like African American. I uh, don't use the term senior citizen because I was told by somebody who directed a senior citizens facility that that is actually kind of offensive and to refer to them as senior adults. So I figured, why the hell not? Hmm. Everyone knows who I'm talking about. We don't call anyone else citizens. That's interesting. She asked me, because I referred to them as senior citizens, like I wasn't going to put like old people in the story. <laughs> These old people came down here. and Yeah, a bunch of people well over age. Well over the age <laughs> of 60. But she asked nicely, and it wasn't a very controversial story. It was about the oldest 
Zumba instructor in the world or something like that. And she just asked me to refer to her as a senior adult rather than a senior citizen. I don't know what made it more politically correct, but you know what? I figured that is the truth. It's not going to offend anybody. Clearly somebody has brought this up. That's the way they prefer to be called. This isn't like a controversial, this is a feel-good feature it, piece. It's it's a go-to term, maybe. It wasn't the um, instructor. It was it was the director of the senior center in this city who asked me to refer them as um, senior adults. So I just figured, okay. We'll both get the point across, mm-hmm. but senior yeah. citizen is kind of like a term people know refers to old people. Mm-hmm. That's the weird treadmill. It's a euphemism mm-hmm. for old people. It's not. It describes it, and so does senior adult. But using a phrase different than the one that you would automatically associate with a lot of things, I guess that's that's the tricky thing is that there is a euphemism treadmill. You have to keep replacing those things. It's kind of one of those things where, and I just try to do this with life in general it was it was the kind thing to do i felt like it was yeah sure, sure it was the right thing to do it wasn't a controversy it was still the truth it made people happy the entire point of that story was to make people happy that was why i was asked to write it in the first place so i figured you know why not just just do that yeah mm-hmm. well there's no harm there's no harm in it you're not being asked to like manipulate the truth to yeah do that. exactly just, it's, a, it's a terminology and sometimes you you have to be blunt. Some of the most interesting stories I've written about are crime stories. With those, not only do you have to be careful because you don't want to get your network sued, you also have to be kind of detached from it. You have to be like, these are the facts. This person was not convicted. This person was charged. This is what they were alleged to have done. People will still interpret that. You know, I think people see a mugshot and they just figure guilty already. Or just criminal. Or just criminal. But with with stuff like that, you have to put the facts. There's a, there's a lot of like quoting from court documents and police documents because you don't want to put not only your credibility and, and your outlet's credibility on the line. That could be like legal repercussions right there. Right. It has an effect. Mm-hmm. So if there's anything in like politically incorrect, you know, that's what somebody else said. If it's in a quote, I mean, it's fair game. And some of the best quotes I've gotten have been off the cuff. And if you probably ask some people, maybe a little bit politically incorrect, but that was what somebody said. That was their truth. And I think quotes are a little bit more tricky because you are telling the truth, but when different people are experiencing things, they're kind of telling their own truth. It might be different for each person. I mean, of course, right, of course it is. Like if you, the thing has to stand for itself. It has to. I mean, we have an entire book that is updated every year and it's like the dictionary. It's like a dictionary for a different language. And there's just this whole big giant dictionary full of rules that you have to adhere to. So you can be clearly understood in the format. That's the crazy thing to me about print media versus something long form like podcasting. Because I heard someone describe yesterday the switch from radio then to TV and old form print media to Netflix style long form stuff and podcasting where people can talk for two or three hours and people will listen to it, but it's also largely unedited and just idea interchange. That's a Gutenberg style revolution because he said it's not obvious how many people can read, but everyone can listen to things. It's proven people to be a lot smarter than we thought they were. Because mm-hmm. it says everyone can sit down and follow a long f- conversation. Like the Netflix and HBO was the same kind of revolution where we're not, as a culture, processing a 20-minute sitcom like we were in the 50s. We're processing 40-hour 
narrative epics, you know, long narrative streams of things, and it's changing how we communicate and take in media. So the pressure to be very succinct and retain that journalistic integrity and because newspapers don't really do clickbait, they haven't really fallen to unless you get online versions of them. And that's like a different thing. But how does do you do you work at all with the online version of your publication? Oh, yeah, we we absolutely we work online pretty much 24 seven. We only as far as as far as placing those articles on a physical newspaper, we only take two days out of the week to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's Um, not like an old newsroom where everybody's running around with paper in their hands. No, I would I would honestly argue at this point that my particular newspaper, we do need that that hard print copy of the newspaper is invaluable and very important. And I could go into a long Mm -hmm. diatribe about that. But I'd argue at this point, we place the majority of our focus on that digital medium. There's a lot of pressure on our part to beat the TV people. Let me tell you, as a, as a newspaper reporter, we're like, all right, better get that out. I do yeah. videos too for, I have live stream videos on our Facebook page. People watch the shit out of them. It's, it's a good feeling. I think that a lot of people, and, and I don't know if newspaper is dying. It'll be a sad day if it does, but you know, I think that we're just going digital. That's just how it's got to be. This is... I mean, we have right. we have the source, you know, our phones always in our hand. All it takes is literally like two seconds to look it up instead of going somewhere to purchase it. I mean, that's going to will out. The standards mm. don't go away. No, and I think one of the problems with more digital forms of news media is that we can't always discern what is completely accurate and what is non-biased versus you know, what's just making shit up or what's just taking parts of the truth and then putting opinions in there, putting in things that aren't accurate, but they're trying to pass off as accurate. And obviously there's a difference between, say, the Times-Picayune and LibertyFreedomEagle.Facebook, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I know that as a newspaper reporter. I'd like to think most people who are, you know, semi-intelligent can figure that out but you would think so you'd think so but you'd you'd be surprised Mm -hmm. and you know i kind of use political correctness as the standard for like discerning which news organizations are the most reputable because we look at news organizations that are more kind of conservative leaning like the wall street journal you you ever seen the word the term black people use in a wall street journal didn't no, you haven't because they still adhere to that standard, even though they are more conservative leaning. So, right. okay. Uh, I had one thought that I was going to take us to a break with. Play us away, Johnny. It's <laughs> online. It's it could be free. Like anyone, any schmuck could open up a liberty dot what did liberty eagle freedom dot wordpress dot com to uh, to put their thing out, and then you get some bullshit click sponsors, and then. You can put some pop-ups on there, and then suddenly you have a an online media source, yeah. in quotes. Mm-hmm. And newspapers had to, and and when when newspapers were the only like dominant news source, like they had to have that standard because otherwise you couldn't make you didn't have a reputation, you couldn't make money, so you couldn't actually print a paper out and give it to many many people in order to have a business. It was a business, and the the substance of that business is not the same. It's so weird because you can trust print on a page a lot more than you can trust print on a screen and there's stuff in there. It's just weird how easy it is to lie to people over a screen because the internet is free. It is so easy to lie to people over a screen. Whereas like Mm -hmm. with any media outlet, when you rely on advertisements, which is 
the where a lot of our revenue comes from um you kind of have to be careful i feel like i've i've been instructed to be careful because you know of course you want to print the truth and i actually wrote a story that actually lost us some ad revenue sorry about it but whatever whatever we can get back to that (laughs) but you know I've been kind of instructed to be kind of on the careful side because when you are a local media outlet, you do have to establish a rapport with a lot of people. When you're trash talking, you know, this business, they're not going to want to advertise with you. When you're trash talking this, uh, and I say trash talking, when you're printing negative things about this police station or this this business or this person, you know, they have the right to not talk to you and they have the right to not purchase ads from you anymore. So that could be a detriment and that could keep us further from the truth. But then again, if you don't have the person who you need to talk to you talking to you, then that's also a big detriment. So it's a, it's a pretty big balance. Yeah. Um, It's got to introduce some moral conundrums. It's a very fine line. Fascinating. Uh, speaking of advertisements, we're gonna we're gonna be right back after this message from the Earth Hotel. Prepare to crack your beers for the Earth Hotel. If you, uh, I think we'll all have a second round. Uh, if that's the way it will be. Thank you, thank you, our heavenly sponsors. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes, we'll be right back. Oh, get in on this boy. Ben, crack it up. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I've got frozen peanut butter, and Paige's got a popsicle. That's delicious. This is beers of brat. It gives us a perspective of what we both like. I like licking, she likes sucking. Let's go. All right. <laughs> now for a message from Beers and Broads. Uh, I'm Natalia. I'm Paige. And this is Beers, beers and, and Broads. And you should totally come listen to us on the other channels, stations. We're totally not drunk right now. <laughs> These are beers post right broads. We are post beers broads. But yeah. I have a popsicle. I like this frozen peanut butter. I'm like loving it. I bet you don't. I am. (laughs) I bet you definitely don't put that peanut butter anywhere else. Oh, God. You got two huge dogs. Oh, that's so bad. That's so gross. (laughs) I think we nailed the tone. I think we we got it, you know. Come listen to us. You get to listen to this sort of shit. This is where we end up at the end of the podcast. So, see how we got here over on iTunes. Beers and Broads, and you can find us at theearthhotel.org. What are our Instagram things? Beers and Broads, Beeham. Yes, from Birmingham, Alabama, if you're hearing this out in the world. Just two funny ladies that drink. On Sunday afternoons. Yes. A lot. The Lord's Day. Before it's legal to buy beer, we're getting drunk. Yep. We got you guys, because we love you. We prepared. We We bought beer yesterday. Mm Mm-hmm. And by yesterday, I mean Wednesday at Costco. 42 beers for fucking $24. That's what's up. It's really shitty beer, but it does the trick. So we're going to let the dulcet sounds of Kirkland Light beer take you back into whatever Earth Hotel show you're listening to. And my dog's toenails clacking across the hardwood floor. <laughs> Pages popsicle. <laughs> what I say but um we had a business it was a local business they advertised with us they also had a pretty serious lawsuit filed against us so we you know did the story as you know as like they're suing us no 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 they had a lawsuit filed against them and we did a story on the lawsuit because it was a pretty serious lawsuit okay yeah and so they pulled out their advertisements they basically took their newsstand of our paper that was 
ours and they like rolled it into our newsroom and I was there and he was like, yeah, we don't need this anymore. But salty. Yeah, it was pretty salty. I mean, I did nothing wrong there. I told the truth. I'm probably going to be looking into what's been going on there recently. You know, they're all salty with me. I'm permaban from that establishment now, but mm. that was the truth. That was important. We needed to tell people. Sometimes you you know what I'm saying? I guess I guess what I'm trying to say with all of this is the truth comes first. No matter what. Well, that's what constructs our society that's what constructs our understanding of what the world is and if you get everyone to lie to each other for whatever reason then things go horribly horribly wrong so thanks for doing the lord's work we are back from our ad break it's pretty chill it is pretty chill that was a that was a very relaxing luxurious some might say moving or sensual ad break but that's for you to decide humble listeners what will make you will make you both sound like sweet angels <laughs> We drank beer during this, and there were no burps. We there were promise. zero burps in no, this recording. No, nobody burped. No one burped. We don't drink beer that makes you do that. No, yeah, we, we have special beer. Yeah. No bubble. No caffeine. <laughs> yeah. It is decaf beer, my friend. Yeah. I, I call the Earth Hotel a propaganda organization because that's what... It's kind of like gonzo journalism in that it's bullshit, but it also is right in that you have to accept that there is bias no matter what you do. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's impossible. Yeah. So that's that's just my like funny joke I guess. about it or whatever. But yeah, we want to we want to do right by the people that give us the courtesy to come on our mm-hmm. show and make it a show because mm-hmm. we wouldn't have a show without you. Right. So I've appreciated the show because we've gotten to look at a lot of different things, a lot of different ways and not just our own way. And like you were saying, I mean, maybe we have biased opinions on here, but at least we can take it from different angles and be real with each other about that. Yeah, we maybe accept that there's some gems in places that we never looked. So whatever. Yeah, at least it's goddamn entertaining. (laughs) We might make you giggle. And that's good enough. But if we if we can make you engage somehow with some kind of form of truth, then I think that's really important. It's becoming a crucial thing for us to, as a as a collective bunch of people, know what our what we think about things honestly and go through the difficult process of finding that out and be able to communicate with it, communicate it with each other. And you know, of course, journalists are going to have opinions about the shit they write. Mm-hmm. That's why we have like editorials. That's why we clearly mark things because we can even like write our opinions and let people know what we think. But, you know, we clearly mark that opinion so people can differentiate and they don't think. Now, I've seen a lot of especially at at some other newspapers where this controversial thing happens and they act like it's either a very good thing or a very bad thing. And you know, that puts a bad taste in my mouth, but especially in more local areas, like certain parts of the Birmingham metro area, you can get away with that. Right. It's sad. I, I don't mean, like I've read, it. I've read some of it. It's pretty obvious when it happens. You can get away with it. I can't ask you who the worst is because that would be professionally uh, improper. But Not who, going to. who's who's doing the best work, you think, right now locally? Just from what you've read. Uh, John Archibald just won a, a Pulitzer. I, I've read some of his stuff, but it's only been kind of recently. And that was a very well-deserved Pulitzer, let me tell you. He does, I mean, he he's very opinionated and he is a columnist. Like, he's not a reporter, he's a columnist. Right. That's a whole different thing. But he right. deserves, he absolutely deserves that award. Um, For sure. I don't know, do you have anybody that you admire in the in the community? Maybe not, you don't have to make a value judgment of who's the best, but do you, you know anybody that's working right now that you look up to? Absolutely. Um, just from what you've read, let's just, say. 
from what I've read, and and these are some of the people I'm I'm shouting out to, um, are people I know. Um, there's this one reporter at 280 Living. Her name is Erica Teco. I look up to her a whole lot. She, um, whenever I work with her, I think it's it's really hard to kind of establish a rapport with your competition or a competitive news outlet. But she's always just so courteous and friendly, and she gets stuff out like that. She actually switched over. I think she is doing um, communications. Good luck replacing her. She's really good. Um, the managing editor at the Shelby County Reporter, Neil Wagner, he... I, I admire all the, all of his work. He he puts everything... Like, everything he writes sounds sophisticated and succinct and precise. You know what he's saying, and he can make the most mundane shit sound newsworthy. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I admire Haley Townsend, and I think she's at WYAT. She's just constantly out in the community. Like, she's one of those people who I think is dedicated to getting it out first. So being being involved with the thing that you're reporting with, like, and that's a problem with a lot of systematic kind of uh, jo- jobs that fall into, let's say, a kind of mass-produced civil work. Like, there is a way police work works across like standardized in the united Mm -hmm. states they're like police codes and stuff like that so and trash men would be the same way you know you have independent companies but there's a system of like garbage disposal or waste disposal Mm -hmm. or whatever so having people that are kind of universally held on the same you're you're looking up to competent people and you're looking up to competent people that stand out in their field for specific reasons when a professional force has decided on what is competent and what can be trusted as a way of like learning how to do the thing, because you've been doing, how long have you been working as a reporter? A year and a half. Okay. You're past the point where you know what to do in the situations that you're in, and you're more into the new, getting finessed and nuancing what you're, what you're working at. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think especially when you're a younger journalist and when you're newer, it can be a little difficult to get people to take you seriously. So I'm kind of glad to be getting at that point right Hmm. the people that you can learn those things from make themselves evident as being part of that profession you know like work stands out on its own because everyone's decided on a standard and i guess i guess competency rises to the top but what is the thing that you think is going to have to be most focused on in the next five or ten years to make sure that this kind of stays like what what do you think you're going to have to work on i guess to maybe be the next generation of that kind of leadership? This is something you take seriously and it's like your profession instead of just a job that you have. So what do you, maybe what is the challenge of staying true now that you might have to deal with later? I know I mentioned earlier about kind of that fine line with maintaining the rapport and the relationships with the right people, but also Mm -hmm. telling the truth. I think that especially with some of the things we're seeing on a national level when we're, you know, being, you know, if I I might just be so honest, I think that our press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, is a liar. I think that it's pretty self-evident. I think that she is an absolute bullshitter. So I think it just makes it all the harder for journalists who are working to uncover the truth. And I understand that when you have an organization or establishment, you're not necessarily going to reveal the bad parts as easily as you are going to reveal the good things. That but it's happen. but it's antagonistic at yeah. this point. But it's antagonistic. Yeah. And they're blatant lies. Yeah, you can just tell by her response to the people that are trying to yell at her, basically. She just tries to say a line that a lot of people have said in the past 
Right. Uh, month, which is it's it's their fault. And then when someone's attacking her again, she'll be like, well, I know you want some TV time, but we've got to move on to other questions. And it's like that right there proves to me that you're just full of shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, we don't want just TV time. We want the truth. That's why we're here asking you. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's just kind of a reminder to journalists everywhere. Um, I can't say that. Uh, to me as a journalist, it's kind of a reminder that you can't just take things at face value. You have to fact check. You have to go, you know, behind what people say and you got to verify, is this the truth? What happened? If you can. Now, sometimes you have to put words like around and about mm-hmm. and somewhat just so it's still, at, you know, within the, it creates a range so it's still accurate. But you do have to go back and fact check. You have to look through those documents. You got to make sure that, especially if it's a more controversial piece that, everything is that everything's right because if you don't then you're gonna get crucified by both sides i've seen it happen it it does kind of come down to a personal accountability for journalist and reader like you have to read multiple news sources because we know at this point that most major news outlets and i don't know how politicized a local outlet really can get and survive we can get into that but because you can't take as many risks when you're small like you've described before Mm -hmm. But when we're, we're getting to this place where because of this kind of Gutenberg revolution of long form media and the, the kind of corruption that is now inevitable with most online forms of, I mean, you, you see like Vice has become really despicable with their, any of the serious journalism they were doing before has become r- ridiculous. Yeah. And the New York Times is kind of the same way. Uh, the Washington Post is negligible. There's a corruption that's kind of reached out from the bottom up. Um, because you have to compete with a diminishing amount of market that long form media and Netflix and just people's time, like all of this stuff has squeezed everyone down to a place where you have to be mad and ravenous like a clickbait site is. So to avoid being dragged down into the muck of the most convenient method of communicating or taking in information, like we have to have a personal accountability to care about the truth to begin with. So I guess what the... Because I, I didn't know how much, if you had any good stories about political correctness interfering with you in particular, and, and you didn't really, and that's fine. The, the way people are monitoring themselves, communicating with each other in order to either overemphasize their point and end up being offensive or reject their own viewpoint in order to not be offensive. How much does that play into how, maybe in your experience, that journalists are finding the stories to write about or how do you how do you think that's influencing journalists internally maybe that you've seen or that you could what do you think about that i'm sorry i had so much trouble following sorry that was a really complex thought (laughs) i was trying to get out basically like i kind of see what you're saying but yeah go ahead maybe if because there's if you have a standard you can hold to that standard you can do it well there's a personal accountability in making sure that your definition of truth is the same as the actual True. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not the most popular, but the most fundamentally true, the most universally applicable for the good of everyone. Yeah. So what do you think? The the journalist, I guess, is a member of society that, that has a lot of extra responsibility in that regard to know what that is. Exactly. So what are your thoughts on that, I guess? Personally, it's one of those things where when you, you know, I wanted to be a journalist because I thought that the truth is important. It's important for things to be out in the open. You know, I'm one of those people who believes that 
just let the facts stand where they are and yeah. let people interpret that however they need to interpret that. Mm -hmm. What what's been your strongest conflict of opinion? Have you ever have you ever written about something that you were strongly politically disagreed with and had to just be neutral? Actually, yes. Yes, I have. And this is kind of one of those things that maybe you can generalize as much as you need to. I think that among my coworkers, personally, it's important to show a willingness to work and show a willingness to do what, not necessarily what they ask you to do, but what they, um, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, have you ever come up to it personally where you were conflicted about finding what the truth was? Yeah. Like, what have you ever had to go through that process of like, I don't, I really don't, I'm really conflicted about this and I don't know what. As much as I have to be impartial, deal with the facts, like how do I find out if you ever had to deal with that conflict? Like, you mean reporting things that you know are like against your morals or? May maybe not. Maybe the maybe the inverse of that where you know that. It's a very I, I complicated it, question. It is a complicated question. Maybe I need to rethink it. Uh, okay, you're kind of trying to ask, even though you are reporting i'm trying to find something to argue about no yeah i'm trying what, to find controversy no and this is kind of along <laughs> i feel like we've talked about this a lot though i guess if i were a journalist i would think about how even though i did clearly get this information and it was indeed true mm -hmm. it could still come off as not truthful because people still think that just because someone is writing it that that could be false you know, they just feel like it's a constant bias thing. And I realize that, you know, a lot of news is... Are you asking if she's ever been accused of being fake news? Yes, I actually have. Oh, good. Okay, let's Multiple talk about times. that. Woo! Yeah. Is that what you were asking? Well, no, I, well, kind of. <laughs> it's that and like, I, I feel like the whole fake news thing can be somewhat unavoidable. You know, it can take just the smallest word to say, oh, well... That's not credible. Yeah, yeah, yeah because, I mean, it really does. It just takes this, like... What, Jackie? Talk, talk about a stigma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But tell us about fake news. You know, fake news is nothing new. Um, I honestly, I wouldn't say that news, news, some news sources are more credible now than they've ever been, but it's getting a lot more easy for journalists to use technology to fact check. Yeah. Back in the olden days, you could print whatever the fuck you wanted. Uh -huh. Right. You couldn't cross-reference any there, of it. And there wasn't really a set standard, and that's where the Associated Press came in. But, you know, nowadays you dev it's there, you have to put a lot of thought into what you're writing. I know, I know the White House screaming fake news is inflammatory and doesn't, and that's definitely a distortion, and you know, but there is an actual credibility problem to some degree. You know, I'd honestly argue, and I'm not sure whether this is accurate or not because I haven't done the research, so this is just an opinion and I'm going to clearly mark it as that. I honestly don't think that the percentage of fake news as opposed to the percentage of real news has um, has really changed. Now, I do think fake news has gotten a lot more prevalent and a lot more easily spread because of the internet and more digital mediums. I mean... Like I said, libertyfreedom.facebook slash WordPress. But you don't think like the, the balance has changed, just the number of news sources maybe? No. And now granted, I'm nowhere near like, I'm not even on a statewide level. I'm definitely not a national level. So I can't tell you what's going through those reporters' heads. Mm -hmm. But as a local reporter, I can tell you that when I'm writing, I don't have an agenda. I don't have a political party. Nobody who who outside of the office knows my political leanings other than, you know, people I'm personally friends with. 
And mm-hmm. hopefully, at least I'd like to think through my work, nobody can really tell whether I lean more conservative or more liberal. I certainly hope not. Um, that's kind of what I aim for. Well, that's why we wanted to have you on. Next week, we'll be back with a really shitty journalist. Yeah, Dylan. <laughs> Dylan, he'll be back. He got, his, he got his identification taken, and uh, that's uh, because he's a shitty yeah, person. That's he's, what happens when you're shitty. <laughs> I'm cutting that out. That was <laughs> I'm sorry, Dylan. You're not really shitty. He's not a shitty uh, person. He's just a subpart You're journalist. not really shitty, but someone... He's not trained. Right. And I have been accused of being fake news. I actually read a Facebook <laughs> comment, and this was just one of those isolated incidents. I've never had this happen before. Somebody shared a story I did. And somebody commented on it and said, I've read this columnist's work. I'm not a columnist. I'm a reporter. That There's a difference, but whatever. And she's what's wrong with today's media. Whatever she writes, the facts are automatically compromised. I don't know what I did or what I may or may not huh. have gotten wrong. I have no idea. I'd never heard from this lady or heard of this lady in my life. Automatically compromised. Automatically compromised. I don't think so. I can tell you from the perspective of a local journalist you know, I want to print the truth. I don't go in there thinking, oh, I have an agenda. Let's see what I can do to promote my viewpoint. I want the truth. And if I mess that up, I'd be happy to correct it. I'd be happy to... Right. Well, you think about things. I, I had a friend tell me, we we got to talking about this person whose ideas I really respect. And she said, oh, I read this article about him. And I don't see how he... I don't see how anyone could find anything he has to say intelligent or useful, is what she said. You can't, that's like a common phenomenon with people now is just to write mm-hmm. people off and anything they could have to say and anything you could get out of what they have to say. Because she's implying with, and I know that's just like a bullshit, like angry person online yeah, comment yeah. thing, but there's something, yeah. there's something to it because if she accuses you of misrepresenting the truth, then she's also implicitly accusing anyone that thinks <clears throat> that you are saying truth to also be wrong. I know and journalists and i'm not excusing getting things wrong please don't take it like nobody who's listening to this take it that way but that's that's implied in the process because that's the only way you can grow is by self-correcting exactly my thing about it is is that you know reporters are human we do make mistakes sometimes some of us you know we work weird hours we're you're weird people to begin with okay yeah we're strange to begin with we work weird hours we work with all sorts of subject matter, we have like a million things going on in our brains at a time and we all have to get it done by, you know, 5 p.m. on Friday. So, you know, we're going to make mistakes sometimes. That's just part of it. I personally am happy to have a correction. I would be more than stoked for somebody to email me and say, hey, you got this wrong so I can look into it. And Well, I've never heard anyone go around saying like, well, journalism's just that fucking easy. No, you know, it's yeah. definitely not easy. I know. I don't. It's a very. Uh, I admire that career so much. I mean, I'd wish it's a, serv- it's a service to society because you right. need you need that transmission. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It is. It is tough. It has to be. Just being a person to have an opinion and without being biased, someone's still going to call you on that. So of course they're going to try to call out a person that's a reporter. We get called cucks all the time. Yeah. I got called a cuck to my face the other day. God tell you. That I've been was a- called a cuck on this very show, and I don't stand for it. <laughs> I've gotten, yeah, I mean, I've gotten called like a trash journalist for things that, you know, aren't my fault. And, mm-hmm. you know, you sort of learn to live with that to an extent, because when your name's out there and when you're putting things out there, you're going, you're not always going to get the feedback you want. Yeah. That's just got to be shitty because you actually have earned 
a professional right to communicate. Yeah. And people with no entry level anything to communicate can just like shit out some angry nonsense to you through your own medium. And that's just that's got to be I I deal with the same thing every day. I don't. I just get ignored. So if people are giving you hate, then you're actually doing better. Yeah. It's frustrating because, you know, like I, I, like I said, reporters are humans and like we have feelings too sometimes. And I'm just kind of like, y'all just, just chill. Like, I'm sorry. I'll... Well, if you're not putting your feelings into work, what the fuck are you doing? Like, oh you yeah, know? there's, there's a lot of emotions that go into journalism. Like there's just some. It is a passion. Jesus Christ. You I have mean... to, I mean, you have to be, you have to really love it to do it because. It's a craft. Because you get, yeah, you get, you probably get. I mean, there's a chance. All it takes is one article, and you could be just ostracized yeah. all over the internet for a month. It only takes one one wrong wrong fact to just torpedo my career, and that is, I mean, I don't like to think of it too much, um, but that's that's a little scary sometimes. That's why we don't deal in facts. <laughs> we just deal in the opinions of facts. And of course, you know, this this doesn't excuse any poor or inaccurate work I've ever done, and I'd like to think that. I have zero to none out there, but mistakes do happen. But, you know, we're humans. Sometimes we have to work out of the office where there's not a coffee machine. Mm -hmm. I was going to call this episode journalistic integrity, but I'm going to call it reporters have feelings instead just to <laughs> hammer the point home. But we, we thank you for we thank you for doing work coming on the show for one, but for also doing this thing, because with like any craft, it is something that you have to sacrifice for. Well, so it's we something that it. obviously that me and Dylan have always admired. Uh, journalism in, in general considering we have wanted to be people that do have the non-biased look on things but but look at where you ended up <clears throat> jesus what have i become you cuck um I, anyway this, <laughs> i don't say cuck with now i got called a cuck I know, jesus I know. No, i'm just Is spreading that it a around political party now no, yeah yeah the um, alt cucks the alt cucks there it has nothing to do with the alt right it's all the people that have isolated themselves i don't know however so to end on um just because i've been thinking about this kind of thing a lot lately then can we go over what's been happening the past week too uh yeah oh god yeah that's good um we usually we do a breakdown of what's been happening to the group lately so i've got i've got one more question and then if you want to sit in on the discussion of the group events or your i promise you're gonna want to hear some of this stuff are we talking about the shooting in maryland no no this is stuff that happened in the in the facebook group this week so my last question is you identified as a as a fairly liberal like a left-leaning person person yes yeah right not you're, you're, you're not right mm-hmm and and that's that falls more, the the best indicator of political leaning is the big five personality spread, um, which I can't remember all of the dynamics of, but it's qualities like openness or conscientiousness or industriousness or stuff mm -hmm. like that. Liberal people are generally high in openness and low in conscientiousness, and that's that's a generalized spread. But that that informs that kind of personality spread informs the liberal attitude of. Borders should be dissolved in a lot of ways, like like borders between ideas and things. Like we can experiment more, and we can be more liberal with things. It's like a, yeah. a characteristic of a liberal thinker who tends to be part of the left politically. That's just a that's what Cambridge Analytica was generally looking at was geographically sourced down to like an apartment block, the big like a big five personality spread according to how people responded to advertisements. That's essentially what they did. It's a very accurate indicator of political leaning. Having said that you're like a left-leaning person, personally, regardless of how it informs your writing, what do you think, what do you think is the, if you have to write about difficult subjects, then the natural, natural inclination for your personality would generally be 
like compassion is important to liberal minded people, um, like especially so. And because of the openness thing, how does that play into how you choose what to write about? Does that inform the meta practice of what you're doing? Not necessarily how you write a story, but like how you conduct yourself as a journalistic entity, maybe. As far as being compassionate is concerned, how it kind of affects how I do things as a journalist? Yeah, but not really. I had a more nuanced question than that. Um, it was more specific. I'm not sure. I, could, uh, I, I lost the heart of what I wanted to ask. It's okay. Uh, it's question it's right. of the week. What was Jackie really? What the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> what was Jackie trying to ask? <laughs> this, it could, uh, that'll be argued. That will be argued. What? So, so let's leave you with a question of the week. After I've strung us out for this last final question, I'm anxious to hear that question. Though. <sighs> I'm so, I'm so frustrated. It's about like it. kind of worth waiting. But what do you think about the divide between liberalism and conservatism in journalism and how and maybe what function you serve to bridge those things together? Because you, 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 you're not a politicized person in your writing and you understand we've talked about why that why that is necessary. But what, what do you see in the function of absolutely finding common ground there and working those ideas out? Honestly, as far as like working those ideas out and finding any sort of common ground or bridging any sort of divide between liberalism and conservatism, I know, I know this sounds like a lazy thing to say, but that's not my job or my goal. My jo goal is just to tell the truth. My goal is to inform people of what is happening in their communities and in the world around mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. All I do is present the facts and people can argue, they can debate, they can take those concrete facts and use them or interpret them however they want. You know, if I tried to... Not not to suppose that you would try to politically manipulate something. No, no. But I think in trying to adhere to the truth, I think you're serving that function anyway and in, in merging the two kind of viewpoints because you're not adhering to either one. Like you're not... You you can choose one by exclusion or you can choose one by inclusion, but you're doing neither. I mean, especially when it is a politicized story, um, at least in our organization, it is it's important that you get both sides of the argument in. Mm -hmm. That's just that's one of the biggest rules. We got to make sure that all parties are represented equally and fairly. For sure. If people want to divide the bridge between conservatism and liberalism they're gonna have to do that on their own because that's not something that i am capable of doing all i do is present the facts and well maybe have you ever struggled to present someone neutrally maybe i already asked that yeah it's it's a struggle sometimes it absolutely to present somebody neutrally is a struggle because you know you want to be fair to all of the people who are you know taking the time out of their day because you know they don't have to nobody has to talk to me right and you want to be fair and you want to represent that person as they are but if they're saying stupid and inaccurate stuff i mean there's only so much you can do you can't 
you, you can't manipulate what they're saying to make them not sound however they're or sounding. To justify. Right. I, I yeah. can't, you know, if you if you say something on record and then you look bad, that's not my fault. That's what you said. Right. Like, there's only so much I can do there. And one of the cool things about local journalism is that, you know, with people who aren't like big city officials, um, with people who you do like featurey stories or nice things about, people who you've grown to like kind of trust to not get into really bad trouble... You kind of you kind of develop a friendship with them, and um, which is necessary in the work. Like you have to have connections with people to, yeah. to get anywhere. And so there's a business owner who I've kind of made friends with because I frequent his establishment a lot. And I also did the story when he popped up in my coverage area when he started his business. He said after the story I wrote about him, he's like, "Well, thanks for not." making me sound stupid and i'm like well you know i'm not a miracle worker like you get in what you put out and i think that's just when talking to journalists if you're ever interviewed you know you you need to be careful you can't just tell them everything yeah whether you sound stupid or not is up to you i think that's the central theme of the evening whether you sound stupid or not is really up to you do you agree or not do you sound stupid or not do you do you have a question uh for our for our listeners to debate in the group because trust me, in this group, there's a lot of people going fake news, fake news, my Russian narrative, <laughs> my Russian hashtag, my Russian, narrative. <laughs> my Russian yeah. narrative, uh, you know, so and so's a uh, part of Pizzagate, right? Stuff like that. Yeah, I actually do have a good question um, <laughs> for your listeners. And I really kind of want to know, um, just from from everybody's perspective, really, what kind of qualities are you looking for when determining whether a new source is reputable or not? Good question. We will pin that in text form to the top of the group, and we will leave it up until the next uh, question of the week comes along in the next episode, and we will get back to you, Amy, uh, uh, <laughs> as to what that answer was. Thank you. Also, another question. Why is everybody so mean on the internet? Because we can't see your face and we know you're naked and you're vulnerable. Right. Not you, but whoever is talking across the internet, we know. I have to read a poll for you. Okay. Um, let's let's send Amy off, our, our journalism Jane, out in the field uh, on the mean streets of her coverage area. We can't specify. There are two polls that I'd like to read. I want in. Okay. All right. Let's do it. You're okay. entering the, the ideological Thunderdome. This is from Marion Goulet. Oh, yes. Salute. So she she's a, a lovely, very opinionated French lady who makes music. And I personally love uh love her. So I, I shout do, out I to do her. too. You're a wonderful person. I don't uh, know you, but I hope you're doing well. And you don't hold back. People that are anti abortion are most likely men, no? Question mark. What kind of woman is anti abortion and how can that be possible? Like what so the first one is uh I'm a man, so I don't give a shit about women having an abortion. Uh, that was the most popular at 10. How many votes in total? Uh, looks like we got 13 on this. 13 votes, okay. 10 of those were men, and I have no opinion on that because... I'm saving the biggest poll for last. This is just like... A oh, oh, are you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, the second option is I'm Catholic like a crazy person, so I think a fetus is already a person, but I'm also an egoist. Wait, so were were these the poll options that she wrote out? I don't really know. Or can you just fill in your own? Uh, it doesn't look like you can fill out. Okay, there leading the witness, but go on. Third choice, I'm a woman, and I don't give a shit about other women who got pregnant without wanting a kid. And those are the three options? Yeah, so the... How many, what were the votes on the last two? Well, 
a lot of people didn't vote because uh, the people that she basically made it impossible for the people that would disagree with her to vote. Right. And is, so it's just still kind of funny because uh, fake news. They're like, you need to open the poll up. You know, you're trying to teach our children blah 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 or some shit like that. Are children allowed in this Facebook group? Absolutely no. not. Okay, good. Children are also not allowed on datadaddy.com. Right. <laughs> Shout out to our sponsor. What I'm getting at is they, they're saying, like, if you're a parent, I sure hope you're not a parent, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> hmm. Like, uh, I wouldn't want my kid around you. They'd say stupid shit like that. But uh, there's this one other poll. Let me find it real quick. Is it, you're pro-choice, so I don't want my kid around you because I'm afraid you're going to kill my kid? Or is it, you don't have unbiased polls and therefore you're going to brainwash my kid? They're basically saying that you're brainwashing society, and that brainwashes my kid. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's when I'm... It's not my thing, but here's the biggest poll. It's by John Smith. He's a very loved... Uh, oh, John. The Disney character? Yes. There has been a joke about that. He says he didn't marry Pocahontas. He instead had opted out for a French lady. Well, he, so. he believes that Pocahontas should have built the wall. Yeah. Right? To keep out of the white people out. wood and leaves. Uh, it's, like a it's beaver, a long thing. It's a long story. Yeah, that would have deterred the white people. Yeah. All right. So this was a poll that John Smith requested to another member. I guess maybe John Smith was trying to prove a point. I'm not exactly sure if it went in his favor. But... Who can speak to the, the inner machinations of his mind? Anyways, it goes, John Smith, <laughs> choose as you feel that is applicable and maybe add your own. And for the record, he asked for this poll to take place. In other words, we're not bullying John because he asked for the poll. Right. He put himself out there. If you right. involve yourself, then you're free game. I don't want you to think that we're in there just like, ah, you fucking bat. Even though there's some people in there that are mean, but they're not like... You pass or fail on your own merit. Yeah, but yeah. You, but you enter the contest when you enter the contest. As a reporter who has been bullied, all I got to say is bullying is within your constitutional rights. <laughs> bully away. Well, uh, he loves the bully. That's why, I mean, obviously, or he, he knows what kind of answers he was going to get. But the first one is, John is not credible. A decent dude with stupid ideas that very few people agree with. A man of God. A jackass, I want to be Russian bot, a fake Christian, credible, a good source for information. Too many options. And knowledgeable. Well, that's what happens when you open a poll up like that. But of course, not credible won at 26 votes. Decent dude with stupid ideas got second at 16, and a man of God got third at... <laughs> With 14 votes. Somebody voted on that, ironically. <laughs> yeah. Everybody who voted well, on let, that voted see. ironically. Let's see. Uh, I know they did. I it, I would vote on that, ironically. Yeah, because you know he's, like, by his other posts, he is indeed trying to be the the man of God. And uh, I think those things speak for themselves. That's hilarious. These are some very oddly specific poll answers to a man of God... A nice dude was stupid. Like, who well, hurt this man? Well, let's just face it. They're just trying to be stupid. Everybody knows that John is just in there to start an argument, which, by the way, that's awesome because he's really good at it, even though a lot of his opinions are stupid. Fucking asinine. Uh, I probably... <laughs> I, I would have I chose... He's a great guy, but I just don't really like his ideas. He's a good old boy. I'm comfortable with decent guy with stupid ideas. 
Yeah, he said the Indians should have built the wall. It doesn't mean he's stupid. I just mean his ideas aren't well thought through, but he might have some character. He said that because he's part Cherokee, that he has the right to say the Indians should have built the wall and they were idiots. He said the Indians. I didn't say that, just to let you know. And his name's John Smith. I know, right? You can't write that. Like, this isn't fiction. (laughs) It was like, dude, if you would have built the wall, you would have never met Pocahontas, motherfucker. I'm sorry, John Smith. Uh, That's so funny. You want to play some Witch's Wall? What do you think, Ben? Self-titled. self-titled. We're going to go with Witch's Wall. The title track from Witch's Wall. It's yeah. on the self-titled record. It's an eponymous song, Witch's Wall. We'll be back. Thank you. Thank you.
You've been listening to the Earth Hotel Network. This show and others like it can be found at theearthhotel.org. You can send feedback, strange signals, and interpretations of your dreams to theearthhotel at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. This has been Jackie. Jackie.